0: because now I'm fucking bitter.
1: Wow, just out of the gates with some swearing.
0: Well, you got me in the mood talking about that stuff.
1: Well, we're about to um, have fun, so get ready. That's
0: fine, but people got to shut up and watch wrestling. (laughs) Let's start the show. For those who do not know,
1: the biggest wrestling spectacular, names from all over the country Former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern and Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry
2: Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkles. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire.
1: Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, Season 3, Episode 35, brought to you by our good friends at All the Gimmicks and iTunes. I am your co host, Jay Gilke, and I am sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from Wayne, no, I already said Wayne Weems, from Hellraiser Guts to Barfly Mike. A wrestler, manager, commentator, and trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and whose recent t shirt was the second highest selling t shirt at The Mondo Lucha Show. With 20 years of experience as a true Renaissance man with unlimited knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking of the one, the only, the incomparable Derek St. Holmes Esquire, missed it by three shirts.
0: There were only two shirts available
1: There were th- No, there were three shirts and baseball hats. Duh. Which shirt? The worst-selling shirt I'm sorry. the pro wrestling
0: one. I received complaints about the T-shirt game this year. Yeah, how so? People were more looking for something commemorating the 10-year. Yeah. Um, we felt that people would just be like, eh, on a 10-year. Okay. You know what else you left money on the table on? What? Action figures? Well... Left money on the table. Like, I, I don't care what it would have cost for you to do a 300 piece run. Sure. You know, a 300 for 300 sets, you would have sold them. You would have sold them at $75. Sure. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I get it, but at some point there's. Only so much money you can okay. push out there. That's that's kind of the big thing. Okay, so I agree. No, it would have been nice. I mean, that's just it's just not cheap. You just can't do something like that in such a limited run. We thought about doing pops. Um,
0: oh, thought, the, but the yeah, ads. we thought yeah like yeah. those.
1: We thought about doing that, but then, I mean, it really just gets to a point where time is not on our side on a lot of stuff. Thank so, you, Mick Jagger. It's true um but yeah for what it's worth uh i think this is did you get one of your shirts this time
0: yeah yes yes i did unfortunately so did angela oh yeah so whenever you do laundry it's always the whose is what russian roulette because i don't want to wear a shirt that's got boobs in it that's true i I, was i mean it stretches it out it just doesn't i hear you
1: what, nothing makes me happier. The week after the show, I was at the Bayview Bash. Oh, boy. And in, uh, So I, was I, by the way. I was there in the later afternoon with my son.
0: Where were they in the strongman competition? It was not going on. Oh, they are already done? There. Okay, because so, I went there to see uh, the Road Warrior guys. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so
1: nothing made me happier than walking around, and I think I saw about, no lie, probably about six or seven people wearing your shirt. That's cool. And I thought that was pretty awesome.
0: Ever tell you about the time at the farmer's market? No. I was wearing the turquoise shirt. Sure. Defending Milwaukee or whatever. Yes. And uh, some woman, and I'm guessing her mother or older charge or whatever there was like, oh, Mondalucha, what is that? And I explained, oh, it's just it's a wrestling deal that they have down here. Oh, are you part of it? I'm like, no, I just set up the ring. Right. And like she wouldn't let it go. Sure. But I was just like, no, let's, look, I just set up the ring. I don't.
1: That's interesting because I'll still go back to the story with the lady at the restaurant that told me that you told her that uh, you were one of the owners. No, I
0: never said that.
1: No, I know, I know you didn't. That's what made it so oh, funny. Okay. That's what made it so funny
0: when I was wearing a shirt and she goes, oh, Mondo Lucha. And I'm like, yeah, hey. Tell her what I tell anybody that has to get booked. What? I am paid talent. There you I go. Have zero say. We I show at, up and get paid and I leave.
1: We were at the restaurant, Blue's Egg. Nice. And the lady says, hey, Mandolucha." I'm like, hey, not, yeah, thanks. And she's like, my uh, my friend's boyfriend owns that. And I was like, oh, you don't say. And then, uh, then they seated us. And Sarah and I sat for five minutes staring at each other. And she goes, you want to go back up to that girl, don't you? You want to go back up and ask her. So I got up, and I just walked over and very nicely said, Hey, uh, um, yeah, so uh, who's your friend's boyfriend? I'm out of curiosity. Oh, Angela and uh, Derek. Oh, okay. Thank you. He's a great guy. I like Derek a lot. And then I was like, great, cool. I'll... Then I walked away, and I knew. And then right away I text him. Hey, so what? what's your deal? So there it is, travel. So speaking of um, – and we'll jump right into it this time. Sure. For episode... Uh,
0: Looking at, at issues of Wrestling Training Illustrated. Yes. Which combined wrestling and weightlifting because it was owned by Joe Lurie. Yes. Who was Seal Test Dan, the, the muscle man or whatever, and ran a competing bodybuilding federation against Joe Weider. Oh, really? So when like Tony Atlas became Mr. America, it was yes. for Lurie's deal. Yes. It's interesting to see Ivan Putski, uh,
1: Bruno San Martino, and um, Kevin Sullivan listed. That's, oh, okay. Just but that's because. Ken Patera. No, and I understand. And then Ken Patera on the cover, like all muscle guys. Muscle guys. Right? Muscle guys right there. Um, so speaking of someone who's not a muscle guy. Okay. At our last show, you were there. Uh, we had the opportunity to bring in um, the mighty, mean Gene Okerlund. Sure. And so, I thought it was a a very weird. Grabbed surreal my night.
0: girlfriend's ass and kissed her friend directly
1: on the mouth. <laughs> no, so
0: yeah, right. So, he was like a
1: dervish, <laughs> like he a, a, in his old elderly age, a nice sweet gentleman walked slowly. Yes, he's seventy something. He think. tore through all the ladies around. Uh, he was so, uh, charming to them. Yes. And it was amazing to see. So it was a very surreal experience. I gotta say he was nice as could be great guy, a lot of fun. Um, it was a great surprise for the crowd. I thought the crowd uh, yes, really enjoyed yes. it. I And this is what I'll say, and then we'll get on to today's topic, but something I thought was great watching the video. Put myself over. Yeah. So, well, no, but I, I'm saying, but this is what was cool about it because you're not used to seeing this stuff, was that we announced it. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? For me and Gene Okerlund, and you hear people go, ha, ha, yeah, all right. And then it got quiet, and he walked out on stage, and there was like a second where people just, there was no noise, and then they're just like, "Holy shit, it's me, Gene Okerlund!" And then everybody went yeah. crazy. It was such a cool thing. Like yeah. I thought that was really neat. That that it was like the swerve of all swerves, where it's like, "Oh, they just said something funny, and yeah. then we're expecting like us to laugh at it, but then he actually showed up." Um, backstage, trying to talk to him was very much like, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is that." Da da da. And he played. He was working me the whole time. Kind of off topic, doing other things, and to the point where we were a little afraid that he was going to walk out on stage and just be like, hey, what's going on? He went out on stage and boom, 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 hit yeah. all of his stuff perfectly, was on point, sounded like a million bucks, and then that was that. So it was a really great experience to meet him, get some pictures with him and all that. So today's episode, Derek, because this is what it got me thinking of, Okay, was your history in the business— and talent you've worked with, talent you've been in a locker room with. And I'm not looking for like lewd stories or like put like putting, No, oh, this person. Colonel terrible. De Beers
0: has the largest balls on anybody I've ever seen.
1: There you um, go. Bigger than Cisco Adler. I don't know who that is. That's a very deep cut inside joke. Look up Cisco Adler's balls. Son of Lou Adler.
0: I've heard of Lou Adler. So. Yeah.
1: Lou Adler's son's balls. Look them up. Planetarium?
0: I don't know what that means. No, they Adler Who's Lou Adler?
1: He's like a music guy. Oh, okay. Uh, but so it's just there, like isn't it's an there inside The Adler joke Planetarium in, so, in Chicago. So my thought is, Derek, I want to talk to you about people you've actually all right. worked with. But yeah,
0: but you got to shoot me names.
2: Yeah, I well, I let's go right off the bat.
1: <laughs> I'm going to take us all the way back to episode 34. Okay. And you had mentioned you recently worked with the Rock and Roll Express.
0: That's the last episode, right?
1: Yes. Yes. So tell us about just like your interactions with them. Anything like what's, uh, it, what's it? Well, like? I had
0: met them previously because I worked worked Ricky on TV for Sheik's Kid in Michigan. Oh, listen to me talk. This is what I was. Uh, what we
1: want to hear. <laughs> so how long ago was that?
0: Oh, uh, previous to O four, so maybe O two. Okay and you worked Ricky on television. Yeah, I worked Sabu and Ricky on the television show and then I had a house show against somebody there later. So I'd met Ricky at that time. And um well since I we already told the ball story, later that night Ricky Morton helped me get laid in the ball. Really? So that was very unexpected how like just what was the well i it took me it took us forever to get paid and go to the hotel and then we went to the bar and like it's the, at the show there was a girl that was doing like taping ankles and stuff like that and okay we kind of making the goo goo eyes at each other and so i got to the bar late and as soon as i walked in ricky morton walked up to me he's like hey brother there's a girl uh, professor because he called me professor because i did the, the smart sure. gimmick yep. up there uh Professor, there's a girl here that was looking for you. She had to leave, but she wanted me to tell you that she's going to be back and she's going to be looking for you again. I'm just like, thanks, Ricky Morton. Right, right. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. And so, got the two of us together and things. So,
1: when you, so that happens, you said early 2000. Yeah. Right? Early 2000, early aughts. So, when you you saw Ricky, I know a couple of years ago at State Fair.
0: Yeah, so I'm at State Fair. Didn't really talk to him too much at that time, you know, cuz they were busy yeah, right. doing their other stuff, but right. I I I said I had met him and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that." I'm like, "No, you don't, Ricky." Sure. Uh, you know, blah blah but blah. But that blah. was going to be my question. Was like, wh-
1: "I'm sure I mean, he's got a million stories, so you're just another yeah, faded memory yeah. at that and, point." And I'm
0: totally fine with that. Right. Like, like yeah. I'm not one Remember we worked and it was just like, "Hey, we worked this show." Uh, when I talked to him this last time, when I was uh, like a month or two ago, um, like I said, Hey, I worked you on TV for, uh, Ed Farhad jr. Sheik's kid. He's yeah. Like, oh, up in Michigan. Did you have to tell him Sheik's kid? Well, well I, I think I said Sheik's kid and he said, isn't his name like Farhad or something like that? I'm like, yeah, it's Ed Farhad jr. Oh yeah, that's right. That's Okay. Right. So he knew who it was. He remembered working for <laughs> Captain Ed George, but yeah, I, you know. Then he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." And I said, "No, you don't, Ricky. You do not remember that. That's fine." He just laugh at you. And I told him the story about stuff in the bar, and he kind of laughed about that. Of course, didn't remember that exact story. Sure, sure. But uh, the big thing—the big thing I'm getting to—is one, uh, they actually talked Carney to each other in the locker room. So, I, like this last week, or y- yeah, well, the last month when I saw him. Sure. Uh, when they were. It's when they were counting the money from the pictures and stuff like that. Gibson said something to Morton in Carney, and he answered him back. Really? So I didn't hear what it was, but I heard it was Carney, and I was just like, "Oh, that's cool," you know. Right. So they did that, and then when we were putting the match together, they gave us some really simple things to do, and I was talking it back to him. I'm like, "Well, we'll do this," and then ba ba ba, do this, do this. All of a sudden, he like. Leans into me and hits me with the back of a hand thing, you know, like, "Hey, brother, I like you. You talk wrestling. You hear that, Robert? He talks wrestling. He's got the ba 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 and the fernum durnum and all that other no, stuff." Nice, nice. So he popped for that. So right? what is it, Robert, doing all this? He just kind of sitting back. Uh, yeah, he's kind of quiet. I purposely yeah. went up to him because when we were hanging out before State Fair, he showed a real sneaky move to like control somebody in the ring. Okay. So I said, hey, Robert, when we were when you were up here for this, you showed us this. Is there anything else you can show me? And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, okay. And he got up, and out of an arm bar, he showed me like two or three different things, just right. little simple tricks that you'd learn or whatever. And then, then I was kind of pissed because then I turned and started talking to Ricky. He started taking my attention. Then it was Robert was showing other people like the same things. It's like, I'd rather be watching that again so I could get it down. Sure, but, right, right. But it was just, it was a case of, you know, it went up to him with a question, like a specific thing. Sure. You know, and if he wanted to talk, sure. And if he didn't, you know, that's fine.
1: And were they, um, I'm assuming, did you put them over?
0: Of course. With the double dropkick? No. With a sunset flip and then Robert held my feet. Really? Yes. They were out of Tennessee.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. So did you... Um, <laughs> So what do you do in a situation? Uh, another,
0: another worker that had actually been down in Tennessee was like, well, I was kind of sorry watching you work then because when I saw him in Tennessee, he was doing lucha rolls and flips and everything. And all I could say was, of course. Right. Like, this is Green Bay, Wisconsin. It doesn't the, matter. Yeah, they don't care. They're just here to get paid and sell pictures. That's right,
1: fine. Right, right. And the crowd response was still good for him? Absolutely. Doing their thing? Yep. That's pretty great. Does he still have his wrestling school, Ricky? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was putting that
0: over big. That, uh, um, I did also ask him about... Talk to him about buying gear and his stuff from K H and stuff like that. Like, what would you ask him? I was like, "Well, one, how many sets of gear did you have? Yeah. Two, I always wondered, did you get a deal buying in bulk?" He's like, "No, we always had to pay." Sure. Okay. So, so that's fine. So that rep, that meant, I mean, they were making less money, but like a pair of tights now. Well, I'll just go with trunks that start at like seventy five bucks. Sure. Right. Back then would have been. Fifteen. Okay. You know, so like the prices are kind of. different. How many
1: sets of tights did they have?
0: Uh, he said he had several. He just he just said he had a bunch because he had them hanging up at home. Right. Like not in frames, but he's got them like you know I, I got them on the wall like art, but then I pick them off and wear them sure. and stuff like that. And but he's he, like, Robert,
1: we're wearing the black with the checkerboard tonight. Yeah,
0: night. yeah, but they were. It was all. It was funny because my partner was the only one not wearing K and H gear in this ring, so I was. Oh I was yeah. Happy about that. Um, but. He went on to say that supposedly the WWF was talking about bringing them in for a small run. I mean, not run like sure, with the right, titles right. or anything, but just, hey, we're going to feature you for a little bit. And talked about getting an updated look, almost like the Hardy Boys with the big pants and everything okay, like yeah. that. It's like just something different. Plus, my ass can't fit in these jeans anymore and blah, 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 blah. Sure, so Yeah. So that was cool. But it's I mean, good to see. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: kind of neat. Uh, and it's neat to know now that... Repeat worker, so that's what the, is that the third time
0: you've worked with them, right? Oh, uh, th- third time I met them, met them, but you but worked with did you work? With you them with, one, them? with them, worked with Ricky, okay, like in a singles match. Gotcha.
1: So is it hard for you? Um, so say you're not working them at a show, right? Can you take up some of their time, or is it, um, or is there like a protocol as far as like? You got to talk to them like, hey, or, do you guys get your match
0: squared away before you talk to them about other stuff, or what? Do you, how do you approach that? Well, you, I mean, you've been in a locker room before. You can watch somebody and see if they're receptive. Sure. To, no, like, I I'm not going to walk up to them when they're talking something. They're through. right in the middle of a spot. Yeah. About, and you're like, hey, let me ask. You hey, about let this me time. ask you this. Yeah. Right. But no, it's. Uh, but you pick your spots. Yeah. And then you kind of go and do your yeah. thing. Uh, one thing. Uh, I don't really want to bury anyone. Here, I'll just state this as a fact. A lot of people got their pictures taken with the Rock and Roll Express in the locker room that night. I was not one of them. Really? And that's all I want to say about it. Sure. That.
1: that makes sense. No, and I think that um, – you know, it's – I mean, I think you can relate to this uh, probably too. But it's like even with the Gene Okerlund thing, I wasn't like super crazy about getting my picture taken with him. Like I, I, I was right. excited that he was there and I was fine that I talked to him, but I wasn't like – And then it was like I was there when they were doing it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And if you actually look at me in the picture, I kind of don't. I look like I'm kind of staring. Right. Because I was just like, hey, I've got a bunch of other things to do. Um, And I appreciate it. And I appreciate having the picture.
0: But I don't need that. I don't need that. Right. Maybe that's a personal thing of mine. But I'm not one. Hey, look who I'm standing next to. But like if something well, like something unique coming up, like Greg Valentine signing the Jack LaLanne DVD, right, which right. I've told numerous, numerous times right. here. Like something like that, I will do. Or hey, can I get a picture of your fist holding my brass knuckles? Sure, that, you know, that's like, cool. Like that's something I would do. Right. Uh, I believe I stole that from Rocco. So. Oh, well, that he would do that too. Uh, that's was- one thing he wanted to do. Like that might have been a feature for Clawhold that never came out at Cauliflower Alley. I think he took a pair of brass knucks and had. Uh, different people hold them, and he just oh, that's took cool. pictures of their fists. So I think he took pictures for that, but it never made it to the magazine. I sure, remember. sure. He now, said it, he said it was a good gimmick. Why? Because they don't have to stand up.
1: Oh, right. You can just have them sit there and hold your yeah. fist up. Yeah. Well, it's took.
0: just no, not it's not like holding like this. It was just their hand. Oh, just the hand itself. Just their hand with the brass knucks on.
1: Gotcha. That
0: is pretty cool. Yeah. Have you had? So
1: you talked about you know uh, Ricky pretending that he. Remembered. Have you ever had uh, somebody that you worked with a long time ago come come back or see you in another locker room and be like, oh, hey, I remember. And then recall working with you specifically, like explicitly what you like, whatever you did or whatever you talked about.
0: Uh, Oh, Valentine was like that. Yeah. But I also always asked him about Don Fargo. I have had it uh like we're guys i've been on a show with and this is a lower level uh well i'm going to name drop here tyson dukes okay uh who's a guy from canada that was doing the illinois circuit for a while for a second
1: i was thinking you were talking about the guy that started blood sport frank dukes no no sorry i got i'm back in
0: the game uh i told you about the whole blood sport being fake right yes yes oh yeah okay um Tyson Dukes, like, recognized me in a locker room from a show he was on with me a long time earlier. But that happens a lot with wrestlers where you just see some guy, you're like, I know I've met you before. Sure, sure. And that came in. Uh, But it is always, uh, that happened one time with Jerry Lynn. I didn't work him, but, like, I had met him before uh, working in Steel Domain, and then he went on to ECW. Yes. Fame and Fortune, blah, 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 and was working on an independent show. I think it was in Green Bay. Like, I, I think it was in Green Bay the night before the ECW pay per view. Okay. So yeah, a couple of them worked up there. Him and Electra. Uh, well, Electra was there, but she wasn't booked. And I forget. Okay. I forget who he worked. Uh, maybe it was uh, just incredible or whatever. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, but got there shaking hands. I'm like, hi, Jerry. I'm Derek. And he shakes my hand. He's like, wait a minute, I know you. And da, 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 da. steel domain, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was it. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah. So then he was cool with me, right on. But it was also cool to like the carload of newer students I was with. just like, oh, wow, you really are a he guy. He really does know this. Yeah, Th- that's pretty great. So that's cool.
1: When you first broke into the business, and because uh, I remember a lot of the times, Carmine would bring people in um, to Mid American. Was it a level of starstruck when people came in for him that you saw? Did you mind your P's and Q's? Were you quiet? Did you approach them more? Was there like kind of a youthful
0: naivete to you backstage or in the locker room at that point? Or no. I always wanted to bring something for them to sign. Yeah. But it was something like I had Moola sign her picture in my copy of whatever happened to Gorgeous George. I had Billy Robinson sign my cover to the movie The Wrestler. Yeah, VHS. Uh, As covered on the podcast, had Nick Bockwinkle. One time he signed his picture. Another time he signed the back of I think it was the Slambery. Okay. Video box, you know sure. something off like that i want yeah. sign. were you um we had just oh be- talking about working for the sheik's kid yes uh the big deal i wanted to work up there was so he could sign my cover of i want to hurt people as captain ed george yeah so i had him sign that and sabu signed it that's cool yeah now uh but before we went on the uh, air we were talking
1: about bam bam bigelow for a few minutes yes uh were you around backstage at that when bam bam came in for carmine no, I was not. Okay, because that was a summer sizzler, if I remember correctly. Yes. I believe it was Bam Bam and the Sheik, I think, that year that came in. Or what, No, maybe it was just the Sheik? Sheik. Iron maybe Sheik. Sheik? Yeah, Iron Sheik, maybe the next year. It was one of those. Yeah. I can't remember if it was the same or it was different. But, um, but yeah, I was always curious Like on some of those. I know you talked about you had met Abdullah before, right? Ye- and wasn't that through uh, Mid-American?
0: No, that was through Brew City. Okay, gotcha. Frank. And Abdullah was kind of standoffish. Yeah.
1: With everybody? No. Oh, I remember we talked about yeah. that. Yes. We don't need to go into uh, that.
0: So, But that's fine. Um, but the weird thing about Abdullah is he showed up already dressed and he had his manager with him. That's very crazy. Mm. Like showed up in the gear ready to go in the ring? Yes, but it was balloon pants, the boots, and or zip up, uh, curly toe boots, and then he wore a t-shirt at the time. Oh, really, yeah, so it was just putting on the headdress so how how long ago was that? Oh six, maybe, okay,
1: so yeah, so it was definitely a while ago, yeah, did um, has there ever been anybody in the locker room that you've come to contact with that well, you actually haven't come in contact with that maybe was too intimidating for you, someone that was you just were like you couldn't bring yourself to talk to them or were uncomfortable with, and I mean, in a good way, not like. They were mean or rude, not or something. really, some
0: people I just didn't get the chance to, or the sure. opportunity didn't happen. uh when I met Kevin Sullivan up in Michigan, that was kind of intimidating. how so? oh just he's that's the devil
1: right <laughs> with a Jersey accent or a yeah. Boston accent, hello, or whatever. Mr.
0: Sullivan, call me Kevin, yes, sir, Mr. Sullivan, right, right, yeah, and definitely.
1: just kind of playing it straight like that, so the first time, so you're wrestling um. And you're working for someone, and they say, hey, guess what? Tonight you get X, Y, and Z, Some someone, a name, so to speak.
0: That would be announced ahead of time, mostly. Who, I mean, like uh, they would have said.
1: who was your first, like, name person that you wrestled if you had a...
0: King Kong Bundy? Okay. Maybe. And how's that? What? How does that go? Is it just... Squash, squash. You know squash. how that's gonna go. Uh it was a tag match for him and the local face against Mercury and myself. Okay. And uh and the referee didn't know the five count. Oh, really? Yeah, he was too young. So then they just botched that at the oh, end. No, he counted that. three. Five. What? Five ah, oh, never mind. Ah, and that was run. that. Yeah. And then they got in the back and Bundy looks at the ref and says, Get in the car, ref, you're blowing me tonight. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. They so, did not
1: and that did not happen yes
0: so do uh what but also led to the great where Bundy wanted to get going and he was waiting for the wrestler that was giving him a ride and he was just going dude come on like take your time but hurry the fuck up right so I like that that is pretty good the um when you
1: find out as a new or younger wrestler that you're wrestling somebody that's been there done something like that nervous not nervous not at thought? all
0: just there to help him sell pictures and that's that yeah just there to do their shtick.
1: More often than not, they're calling it
0: in the ring with you? No, they'll walk through it. Or not walk through it, but kid, we're gonna go out there this, 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 this. I'm like, okay. Sure. Now do you like George Steele didn't call a lot, but it's George Daniel Steele. What the hell are you gonna do?
1: Right. Just watch him rip up a
0: turnbuckle and uh yeah. Did I tell the story about him biting me in the leg? No, tell it right now. Oh, okay. So I worked him twice. First time he said I was a bit light. You know, like, 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 lay it in there a little bit more. He was funny to talk to. Like, sure. very kayfabe. Like, one time I said, and then I'll turn him back and get some heat from the crowd. No, you turn your back on me. I'll kick your fucking ass. Like, oh. Okay. It's the same thing I told Dusty Rhodes. You go to shit. I'll punch you right in the back of the head. I'm like, okay. That's fine. Yeah. So, first match, well, you're kind of light. Blah, blah, blah. Second match, okay. Second match, I'm in. He's in the corner. Uh, I give him a kick to the belly, go to start putting forearms in. Suddenly he drops to his knees and grabs my trunks, and I'm wearing long tights, but he pulls me into him and bites me on my thigh, like with his like teeth. Like real. Yeah, like, what the, f- okay? And then takes over, and we go through the rest of the match. So we get in the back, and I like check, and I've got, like this is through tights, I've got not, yeah, not sure. teeth impressions, but a red, you know, right bitten. Right. So I go up to him and he's got his back to me as he's getting undressed. I'm like, hey, I, you know, is there do you have any feedback for me? I'm sorry about that. You know, you had told me last time to lay it in. He's like, that's okay, kid. And he turns around and he's got a colostomy bag and says, You were gonna dislodge my shit bag. Ugh. And that was just one of those things, like in my head, it's like, you couldn't have mentioned that. Right. Like, where the f- part of my language, where the fuck was he hiding this thing? What under
1: his trunks? And you couldn't tell you can. No, see. no, they're flat. Do you think if the ref would have found it, that would have been a disqualification?
0: Anyway, so we had it flat right there. Um But yeah, it was just one of those. Oh, OK. You could have told me. Yeah, something. you could have mentioned that, but Jesus but Christ. Oh, well, so that was. So was, was he mad? Was steel. he hot about it? No. Was the bite like to get you away? I think so. He never said, This is why I bit you. He just bit me.
1: He seems like I've seen some interviews with him, especially on like the Ed Wood special right? features. And he seems like kind of a docile, gentle person. So these stories make it sound like he was a little bit
0: rough and gruff. I maybe it was just part of getting into character? I you know, I don't sure. know. Sure. But it was yeah, very kayfabe, very hard to talk to. Sure.
1: Now, different guys from different territories or different promotions that you've worked with, of course, you've worked WWF, you've worked NWA people, and you've worked AWA people, correct? Sure. Is is there any distinction or difference or none when it comes to style with any of them, knowing who you've worked that have worked somewhere else? like No. It's all straightforward. No. It is what it
0: is. Yeah, there's, again, it's they're there to sell pictures right right you know so you're gonna easy night hard y- night mostly easy yeah i mean again you're you know i've always known what i was there to do sure like sure. there's no oh tonight it's about me you know or right wow i hope he wants to take my 450 phoenix splash but no they don't right they don't want to do any of that no. stuff what about um so i know you had wrestled well, no, I know you. Had oh, rest- I mean, young Kyle is kind of laughing at this, but it's yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah. People are like, oh, so you get to work so and so. It's like, yup. Cigars and conversations presents
1: mailbag, correspondence, comments, and letters, culled from the pages of old wrestling magazines from wrestling fans. This time around, we will be doing the fan forum section from the WWF magazine, November 1987. It is a $2.25 issue. In the U.S., $3 Canadian. We receive many complimentary letters and uh, some that pan us, too, as a matter of fact. One of the most generous with praise that we've opened lately comes from Diane M. Rosati of Hopewell Junction, New York. It was written on a computer and printed in a dot matrix. It said, I'm a loyal fan of the WWF and want to tell you that I'm very impressed with your magazine. I've read some of the others, but they pale in comparison to the coverage and action that the WWF magazine has. The photographs are excellent, and the articles, they're interesting and informative. I think that your present format of the magazine is far better than any other publication covering the world of professional wrestling. What's also nice is that you do not spend time criticizing others, which demonstrates the amount of professionalism that goes into the WWF magazine. The other magazines constantly try to pat themselves on the back to prove how great they are, and it seems to me they're just jealous of the WWF and the WWF magazine. Besides, if a magazine is good, it sells itself. And there's no need to blow one's own horn, if you know what I mean. With that in mind, I have enclosed a poem dedicated to the staff of the WWF magazine. Just remember, fans do appreciate your efforts and continue to make the WWF magazine as great as it can be. The poem is called Ode to the WWF Magazine. Sitting on a magazine shelf with all the rest in full color, it's the best. All the news and latest information from the absolutely wonderful World Wrestling Federation. There's nothing like it anywhere. No other publication can compare. With full-color action, it's jam-packed. It's something all other wrestling magazines lack. So, sit back and relax for a while, and I'll tell you why it has so much class and so much style. First of all, there's Around the Ring, where the editor can say something. Fan Forum is part of the magazine, too the fans get the chance to state their point of view. With a curious and unusual twist, wrestlers state their views in the WWF list. Can't forget the latest makers who were featured in the section Newsbreakers. In the personality profile, fans get a peek at an in-depth information dump on wrestlers they seek. Note from the magazine itself, there was more to this poem, but we have to cut because of space. Diane ends it this way, though. So here's to the staff of the WWF magazine. It's the best we fans have ever seen. Kim Lewis of Jersey City, New Jersey, asked us to publish this note. Obviously, Brutus Barber Beefcake is the best wrestler in the WWF. He's fast, and he's smart, too. They don't come any better. Then, possibly the most unusual letter we've received is from a lady who claims that the magazine and Hulk Hogan helped bring her a husband. So, for obvious reasons, we won't reveal identities here, but basically, here's what she wrote to us. Quote, We met in October 1986, not very long after the September card at the Nassau Coliseum. I walked into a department store wearing the wrestling album on a sweatshirt and a Hulkamania hat, and then he, my future husband, was playing a video game, but turned around and said, Hey, Hulkamania is dead. And then I yelled, No, it isn't. And then I walked away. But something inside me said, You know what? This guy likes wrestling. So... I went back to see if he was still there. And guess what? He was. And we began to talk about wrestling. He asked me for a date and to go to the next match with him. I really fell in love with him that night. We were married in early December. Thank you for bringing us together, WWF Magazine. Were there any moments,
0: though, that you enjoy, like, that were like, wow, this is really amazing? Uh, working hacksaw Jim Duggan, who does the same match. Sure. You know, every night, which is fine. But there's a spot where he gets it in the chin lock and he waits for the crowd to come up. Yeah. And, like, so I got him in the chin lock and sunk it in and felt it for what I felt was acceptable and started to go. And he just kind of pulled me back. He's like, nope, just wait for him. Just wait for him. Really? It's like, "Oh. Okay." Yeah. And sure enough, he started the whole thing and they all came back
1: up. And so, do you feel and I don't mean uncomfortable, like this doesn't feel good? Did you feel un- like when he shows you something like that, is it kind of like, "Wow, this is outside of my norm. What I would have done," and but you see it and it actually like it I don't maybe I'm not making sense. No, no but, but
0: like, for me it's a spot like that. Like, oh that's how that's supposed to work. That's
1: like he like you're like you're in the midst of like oh, wow okay I okay. see how yeah where I've been doing this wrong or how I've been rushing this exactly. spot or I've been doing something exactly. like that. Have you here might be a weird question. Have you ever been in a match with uh someone and I I don't know what kind of term I should call. I don't want to call him a name or a, a legend or whatever. Sure. And they've misread something or they've misjudged something. Like, what if you were doing that spot and he's like, just wait for it. And you're like, fuck, Jim, ain't nobody's coming alive <laughs> to this. Has that ever happened? Has anybody ever – has a uh, someone ever misjudged an audience or misjudged some kind uh, of spot thinking I, the crowd I, would go
0: for it and they didn't? I w- well, tell this story. I was in a tag match with another local area wrestler against – Local Area Wrestler and X-A-W-A name. Okay. That's that's how I'll put it that way. And for whatever reason, the X-A-W-A name wasn't selling well out of age or whatever. Sure. Like, wasn't selling well. And, like, I saw a way that we had to, like, oh, we've got to pick him up and fix it so we can tell him to sell. But my partner wasn't aware enough to know what was going on. So he was doing all sorts of goofy things like the kneeling with the foot over the throat sure like yeah that. oh i'm getting heat it's like no you're just you've lost him and you're not doing anything to pull him back in yeah and you could tell yeah i could tell that from sitting outside but like the guy wasn't aware enough to tag me or see what i was trying and then to. is it just awkward in a locker room no it's just like who cares no i can say hey i wanted you to do this that that and the other thing oh yeah, okay and then that's that yeah but i mean it's you know it's done And
1: it's pretty much protocol, though, with somebody like that to, for somebody uh, with the experience and the exposure for you to be able to say, like, what do you want to do, right? Like, if you're working like a Nikolai Volkov or somebody, you ask them what they want to do. Yep. And then you just do what they, and then that's it. And you don't do anything else. Right. Wow. Has anybody been very giving? Has anyone been excessively kind as far as, like, letting you really get some stuff on them?
0: Uh, yes, but I can't. Can't think of anyone right. off the top of head. No, uh, Tommy fine. Dreamer was good.
1: Yeah. Was yeah. The,
0: um... He he like well there was there's an example. Um For some reason, worked Tommy Dreamer when Frank brought him in. It was a multiple man. Okay, sure. Like hardcore scramble match or whatever. And we had a few interactions. Plus, he liked backstage when I was asking him about Gleason's gym. Where oh yeah, right or anything on. Anything like that. So we went through all that, and then a few months later, or maybe a year later, Dreamwave brought him in. Okay. And I was sure. doing commentary there, and he recognized me. And we were standing around before the show, and he came up. He's like, "So why don't they use you to wrestle on this show?" I'm like, "Well, they just have me do the talking." He said, "That's that's a shame. You're very talented." Oh, like, oh, that's right. really nice. Thanks, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, that's very cool.
1: And then that, and then he went and told that to every other guy in the locker room. He didn't work every
0: other guy in the locker room. That's a good Frank point. Show, so there. Yeah, Ha-ha. That's very cool. So that, that's cool. I mean, so I've gotten little things like that. Like I got the good job kid butt swat from Greg Gagne when sure. I did my angle with him. So like, oh, that's that's awesome. And did you just work him once? Oh, I didn't even work him. It was a just a little angle where me and my tag partner jumped him and he dropped kick Mason Quinn out of the ring that got me in the sleeper. Okay. Which, when he put me in the sleeper, was like, oh, that's how this works. Oh, really? I'm going to do whatever this guy tells me to. Yeah. Explain. Uh, It's it's snug. Is it really? Yeah, and you can feel, it's like, oh, he wouldn't have to do much, and I would be gone.
1: Really? Yeah. I would never have expected that.
0: Yeah. Snatches it in, and both sides of your neck, and you're like, oh, my God, okay. I always thought his sleeper looked really loosey-goosey. Wow! I, I can only tell you. Yeah. Did you have a question, Kyle? That you were leaning uh, oh, in the you best part riveted? of being the Ganya sleeper was like fading down, fading down, fading down, and as I'm falling, I said, "Wake me up." He's like, "Quiet." <laughs> and then does the neck massage and the slap, and then you do. I wake up. Yeah. Fish
1: out of water type thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, young Kyle's here with a question.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to frame this. I've always wanted to ask you. Um, yes, I am a model. So, okay. you know, like a lot of these wrestlers, you're talking about doing rather mm, generic type matches or uh, if that's sure. an okay way of putting it. Sure. Um, you know, and I think of wrestling in some ways as being a sort of art form or a storytelling form. And as a filmmaker, you know, there's, you, you, I watch a lot of films And there's a lot of like Hollywood movies that sort of have the same sort of story. And you're always looking for those, like those directors that know how to change story or completely subvert it so that it is uh, different and unique. And I just wonder like in The Baby. Sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I just wonder though, as a wrestler who watches love matches and who does love matches, do you look for moments to be able to subvert? wrestling storytelling
0: absolutely uh here's a for example jerry lawler with the the one strap puts it down gets a superman comeback when i was a heel and had the one strap i would work in a spot where i took a punch took a punch took a punch turned around dropped the strap okay motherfucker now we're gonna turn around and, and walk right back in and take a huge comedic bump off of that you know, so that's using established storytelling. Oh, now he's going to be boom then slip on the banana peel. You know, so I look for look for spots like that, and I do look for the bits of very good storytelling that are in you know, in a match. Not so much like you've got to fill up ten minutes. Like, what are you going to do for that ten minutes? You see, just different ways, different transitions, different mini stories to tell in the overall arc arcing story of the match so yes i look at that and when i say that wrestlers work a very generic match like they have a set match that they've worked out for them but it also includes their spots that they are known for so it's not always you know it's not the same from hacksaw to greg valentine to somebody else but in that match, they know how to still tell the story to subvert the crowd and get them into it. Did you ever have
1: uh, someone wanna do their known finisher and they just weren't
0: able to really get into it or do it? I did have to help Greg Valentine put a figure four leg lock on me once. Really? And that was just a matter of like selling up, reaching down, grabbing his foot, locking it in, and then selling back. Sure. So, does he recognize something like that backstage? Oh yeah, he he laughed about Brother, it. Brother, thank you for helping Oh, me. thanks, man. Like, yeah, no problem, Greg.
1: because um, <laughs> I would imagine uh, some of these guys, as they do get older, if they're trying to do some of the stuff that they once, you know, can't do that they want. Well.
0: Were able to. Uh, I guess on another episode, we watched that episode of Mid South where Jim Duggan did the football tackle. Yes. Like he stopped doing that because of the cause of wear and tear on his knees or whatever. Sure. So he changed his deal to a running clothesline. Okay. Gotcha. So like they will change, you know, Rock and Roll Express isn't doing the double drop right, anymore. Right. If they're not getting paid for it. So they changed their deal. Gotcha. What about,
1: um, I think early 2000s, you worked uh, Boogie. Boogie woogie. Yes. Uh, How something like that go? Good, bad, and different.
0: Uh, no. Well, it was good because we learned a bunch of spots that I still use to this day. Sure. Um, it was weird because Boogie looked like a skeleton back then. Right. And it was bad because we had to work with Tony Leone, who smelled like garlic. Legit smelled like garlic. Yeah, he had very bad breath and wanted to talk through the match like seventy-five times. Really? Yeah.
1: Uh, what is Valiant doing something like that? Trying to sell you things. that You personally? like. You're like hey, brother, well, no,
0: but anybody comes up, hey, Boogie, I really like that. I really liked when you were the NWA. Well, I got some of that footage on my bet greatest hits number four right out there on the table. You just go drop that one. You go buy one, and I'll sign it for you. Yeah. Like, just, he's there to and make And it's just money. constant. It's just there. Yeah. He's, he's doing that then. But, I mean, he'll, if you ask him a specific question, he'll talk to you. But sure. it's always. But do you feel like, so, okay, so he
1: comes in, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm working. Boogie Woogie Man. This is great. He shows up. He looks like a skeleton, like you said. Skinny yeah. and... I well, that mean,
0: wasn't the first time I had met him. Okay. I had met him because he comes back to the Hammond area every year. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Thanksgiving. Oh, really? He, oh, yeah. you don't know this. Oh, yeah, he's, You uh, might have said something, but I can't uh, remember. He's originally from the Hammond, Chicago area, so his daughters from his first marriage still live up here. Okay, So he comes back every year and works a show around here, around Thanksgiving, because... He's in the area anyway. Because why not? Yeah. Who's the
1: oldest superstar slash legend person you've ever been in the ring with?
0: I. Could it be Volkov? Could be Volkov. Volkov was... Because that was was last year. Was he 70? It might have been. I think he died at 72, so he would have been 69, 70. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say it's him.
2: And I
1: know you say, oh, I'm just there to help them sell merchandise. But do you ever? Does it ever seem like an insurmountable task to be like, okay, so I've got this seventy-year-old guy, and I've got to sell for this guy and just make it look good? Is it? Nope. Not at all. No. Very. That's pretty. good. My job. Not okay. And again. That's why I'm put in that position. And he sets that limit of
0: what he can and can't do, and then you (laughs) just do go around him. Okay, I'm just I'm just gonna shoot here. Is that okay? Do you mind if I shoot? Shoot a little bit. Okay. I was told to finish by the office that night. We want you to go over Volkov, I'm like okay, but you have to tell him. So we finally get down to show time, and like the show's getting ready to start. So I go to talk, and like, have they told you anything? No, no, they haven't told me anything. Well, they kind of said something about me going over on a fluke. Oh no, no, I've got the Legends contract. I got to stay strong. Blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I went and told my valet at the time go get Matt I want him here for this conversation like you, right just tell us what we're supposed to do as soon as we walked in what are we gonna do Uh, uh Volkoff's going over I'm like okay like I kind of knew that from the beginning but right like why even play the game
2: yeah have you ever gone over with a legend
0: legend oh uh, yeah maybe yeah. I don't remember. Uh, well, we beat... Who'd you beat? We beat Boogie and, oh, and Leone, Leone that night. Oh, uh, Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I think we beat them. And you go over on
1: Leone, or someone goes over on Leone, not Boogie.
0: I don't remember. Yeah. At this point, is it so many guys you've been backstage with, you're just kind of like... But I, I don't remember uh, Luthez talks about in this book. It's like, well, I don't want to seem obstinate, but like, if everything goes... Like, you have a good match and nobody gets hurt. Like, that's what's supposed to happen. Right. So you don't remember that. Sure. You remember when something went wrong, like when some guy right. throws up in the ring or whatever. Like, you remember that because there's right. a specific deal. Otherwise, it's you're at the office. Have you ever seen a legend injured in a match? Uh, saw Sabu tear his bicep. Oh, really? Yeah, but he was just, like, tugging on the rope. <laughs> and, like, and really, boom, and that was it, it. He's like, Ugh, Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah,
1: well, he's, yeah. It is what it is, yes. I guess, on something like that. Uh, is there anybody that's passed else? away that no. you uh, had, that you wish you would have had a chance to do something with? I mean, I... Oh, everyone? Of course, I know everybody, yeah. but is there someone that you're really like, oh, man, that would have been great?
0: Pick one? I, okay, I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, but it's...
0: Sure. Yeah, there's always got to be someone out there. Absolutely, but... I mean, I've met because I went to Cauliflower Alley in 02 that I did meet most of my idols then. Sure. You know, and shook their hand and stuff like that. But like as far as the new group, let's see what other stories there was. Jimmy Snuka. Or, I didn't, at a, he came in for a Dreamwave show and I was yeah. hanging out with him outside a bar and he started to do the whole, "Brother, you and me have to pass this business on. It is not ours. We have to give it. We have to give it to the young people coming up. I'm like You're Okay, like,
1: Jimmy Snooker. I'm I I'm am eight years old, Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> no, no,
0: I was mid early forties. Okay, at that time. gotcha. But sure. But it was just funny he was hanging out with me and we were we were talking some business outside the bar. Sure, you know? no, of course. Kind of it's like, okay, Jimmy Snooker, I'm part of Jimmy Snooker's army now. And That's the, great. you don't wanna yeah. you don't wanna advertise that one too <laughs> too uh w- uh
1: wildly there that yeah. uh that's one of those where you kind of you kind of keep that to yourself so that's cool um sh- well when dreamwave would bring in all those guys uh i mean it seemed like every month they were bringing in somebody yeah would you steer clear a lot were you just kind of like yeah well i i
0: wasn't there when they brought in bobby eaton and jim Cornette. that would have awesome. i could have driven in for and sure would have but i don't go to shows i'm not booked on but like when I knew DiBiase was there, I dug out his whatever happened to. And yeah. But he was good because I asked him to sign it, but he then signed the cover and then went through and found his interview, his article, and signed every picture. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thanks, Ted. And then he loaded the glove and hit you with it? Uh, no, he was. Uh, he had money then. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: that would seem like a bad... I'll see. say... Uh, I would be intimidated if I was running a show and uh, Jim Cornette was coming in. I'm sure he's happy getting the money to be there. Yeah. But as someone so opinionated, I would just be extremely nervous. But I'm sure he doesn't care. Just wrestling to another wrestling show.
0: Yep. Put over what he likes, and you know, crap on what he doesn't. Uh, he did give our mutual friend B.J. Johnson, the yes. referee, uh, who sat talking with him all night mm-hmm. and shooting the shit. He could tell he was knowledgeable with him and everything. He's like, "Do you have my books?" He's like, "No, no, I don't." Boom, signed them and gave it to him. Oh like, wow! Here. So he got the Midnight Express book, and maybe papers, pins, and rags. Okay, yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and you have the. We all have the Midnight Express book. I think that was. Uh, yeah, that's good, and I thought that was like the prototype of how a book like that should be done. Absolutely. Uh, very similar. I don't know if you've ever seen the belt, which is about the Missouri championship no, I have title. Not. Uh, put together in the same way, written by an area guy that knew knowledge. Now that was, it was actually at that Tyson Duke show that he recognized me. It was way down in Bumble, wherever, Illinois. Sure. Um, And this guy, Roger Deems, might be his name, like was advertised he was going to be there selling his book. Okay. And I got there and I felt bad that nobody was going up and buying anything. So I went in my bag and I'm like, sorry, I already bought it. Um, right right can you sign this for me he's like absolutely where'd you get it I'm like oh i saw it advertised here and found it on amazon he's like wow okay because it only went for sale like in the last couple of weeks you're like reddit cover to cover yeah I mean, it's a good book
1: did its thing they um were you around the dreamwave stuff like when flare and that came in no no
0: just kind of no stay. and i would have stayed the hell away from that yeah How come? uh i want to know how come Everybody else, it, it, I'm just gonna throw people under the bus. Everybody else marking out like makes sure. me embarrassed. Like, come on, guys, let's just right be a little professional here. Right, right. No, I could see, but how of that course, would be. I I, I wouldn't like a high profile one like that, like Flair or Shawn Michaels or you know any yeah. of those guys coming in because I really don't think I would get. You know, any time to really, at, you know, talk right, to or really ask, bend an ear and then get into to stuff. bend a year or or to have them drop whatever their public persona is. Sure, like Flair's always the party boy. Even Mean Gene was like that to a little bit. because yeah, I, I agree. Him, asked him a question about well when did you think you you knew you weren't going back to radio because he was the DJ Gene Reed before right. Vern gave him a job he just thought about it hmm that's a good question nobody's asked me that um last week I'm like haha okay me, yeah. and Gene no i know there was a little yeah. bit of that uh
1: playfulness where i was a bit like okay yeah thank you. like
0: okay yeah that's um let's see so that's... i'm trying to think of who else who else should we talk about well i know i mean... first time i met Jimmy Snooker I turned in a locker room, and I saw this guy wearing, like, the denim jacket, denim pants, work boots, and had a knit cap pulled down over his head. And my first thought was, who's the convict? Sure. And, and you were right. Then turned back around, and it was actually Jimmy Snuka. And I was like, oh, You're okay. You're like, huh. <laughs> Fairly uh, accurate. Might have worked George Steele that night, too. That was really? for Randy at some point. Oh, taboo. sure. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Did they? So... Do promoters they figure out who they're bringing in, and then they come to you? I'm assuming and say, "Hey, I want you to work this guy." Sure, right? An honor for you, or do you feel privileged? How do you feel about something like that? Like, is are you like cool with it? or Are you just like, I'm just the guy?
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It's a paid booking.
1: No, and I understand, but I mean, but at some point, it's something that you absolutely love. So I love getting
0: paid. I understand that, too, but you also love the sport of wrestling. Yes, I do. Uh, But my time it's not so much about the matches as the information I can glean from these people backstage in a conversation. So
1: better for you to be working them because you have the opportunity to talk to them going over your match, but then delve into other things that you really want to talk about.
0: Yes. Like, I always try and think of an odd question for... Like, what was the odd question for Volkov? Uh, Oh... His, um, he has the trunks when he turned face, he used to have the Russian flag on his trunks. Yes. And when he turned face, he had the American flag on his trunks. Yes. And I asked him if he got new trunks or if he just sold the flag on the old one. He's like, ah, I just sold the flag on the old one. And that was that. Okay. That's pretty funny. And then he was, well, obviously I'm not going to get it now, but went on to tell me that he was on some kind of diet. Okay. And he was pushing it to me and like it's like drop me an email this is my email blah 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 you know nikolai.volkov.net or whatever say drink talk about diet and you know I'll, I'll get it back to you so after sure. the show like sent it to his email hey you know i'm very interested in hearing about it never heard back of course yeah. speaking of hearing back though you
1: heard back from bob backlin
0: yes close personal friends with Bob. Close
1: per- yeah so how does that all transpire and what's that like I thought I've told this story before. A little, but about I don't feel the like you've really. Gym in a box. Yeah, you you ordered it from him, and then he contacted you to like see if you were keeping up with it. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: and then we talked on a semi-regular basis for about a year and a half. Like phone talked or emailed or. Phone talk. Really. Yeah, cause... like you would call him, he call you. Both. Okay. Or I'd send him an email saying I've got a question about this. Oh, give me a call. You know, like. Sure. I didn't just like, hey Bob, it's Derek. What's what? Well, are you why thinking would he about? call you then? Would he be just like He hey, was hey. checking up on me, wanted to see how I was doing. Really? Yeah. Very sincere. Well, sincere, but I also think he was still trying to push that whole gym in a box thing. Sure. Like he wanted to use me as a testimonial, but I was like, hey, you know, I already work out. I was just looking, you know. Right. I just bought this because you were selling it. Yeah. So a big uh, adversary
1: of his. Did you ever get a chance to um, do the clubs with the Sheik?
0: Yes. Where we've, t- was that? we've talked about that. I feel like I haven't even heard that. Yes, we've talked about that.
1: Have here. we talked about
0: that? Yes. Yeah, I, Joey Eastman's Thanksgiving show. Oh, that's Chicago right. Yes, I'm year. sorry. Yes, you're yeah. right. Do them. Do them now. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's it was fun, she- though. I just remember him But one thing, it. I would like to get another crack at the Sheik because... There are supplemental exercises you can do with the clubs, and I'd like to learn what those are. Okay. You still use them, too, I see, on your Facebook posts.
1: Yes. How often?
0: Um, well, I try to hit the small clubs at least once, twice, three times a week. Really? Yeah, but I don't really do the heavy clubs, simply because... Well, it's kind of boring, and I'm looking for something for more all over fitness currently. So. Gotcha. Any anything up on the horizon for you as far as uh, people you're working with
1: name wise? Anyone?
0: Uh, I've got Stumpy this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as names, yeah, like no, nothing like I that. Nothing, nothing's
1: coming out like that. Nothing that I know about. Gotcha. Um, so nobody. anyone that's going around right now, is there anybody you'd want to be working? Uh, I don't really know who's doing that. You don't know anyone that's doing that stuff. Would you ever go back to Cauliflower
0: Alley? Eh, Maybe.
1: What's Cauliflower
0: Alley? Oh, Cauliflower Alley is like an annual... Kyle
1: asked that question, not me, everybody. That's fine.
0: It's an annual convention that used to be where wrestlers that worked the territories would get together and they could see each other once a year. But now it's a fan inclusive history organization it's really kind of changed
1: up oh it's it very much
0: it's very much changed but it had to because everybody died sure i mean not to be gruesome so about all the it, old but, guard is gone so yeah. now
1: it's like how can we make money off this and do stuff with it yeah
0: yeah so you got guys like i think Brian Blair is the president who's you know, they've done what they need to in order to keep the organization going. Sure, right. And they are able to do some good things like give Brickhouse Brown uh, a quantity of money to keep him in his house or keep him in right, medical right. care before he passed away. So there is some good done out of it, but it's not like yeah. Did you uh did I see correctly were you at some kind of get together
1: this last weekend?
0: Well, this last weekend was interesting in that some people that went to Cauliflower Alley out of Chicago decided to have the like form a Midwest version of that. Okay. And I think it's by coincidence, but who knows? The um like the there's a crew out of Milwaukee like that was retiring as I broke in. Okay. Um, like they decided to have a get together this weekend too. Sure. So that's the one I went to. Like a lot of the guys in Chicago, I see pretty regularly still. Yeah. But these are like the people from the generation ahead of me. Oh, that, okay. Like I, I had only heard about. Gotcha. Um, got to see Illinois State Trooper and show him a picture of his red boots still being used. That's cool. Yeah. So that was cool. What do you think of that? Oh, he was impressed by it, and then he went back to eating his wings. And then that was that. That was. Yeah, well, I was a little disappointed because I wanted to try and talk and pick more minds and everything. Sure. But a lot of them, like a, a lot of the people there, like I only knew about half the people that were there that were still active when I had yeah. in and become semi-accomplished because then I got over with those people that worked because I knew how to work their style. But a lot of these other people had already retired Or quit wrestling by the time So they didn't know who I was Okay, gotcha
1: Which is fine It was a smallish group, but it was neat Yeah Looked like you guys had a fun time Yeah, there's pizza So, yeah Uh, Speaking of fun time This was a good
0: time Yeah, I'm trying to think There's Anyone else? Any other stories we can go out on? Let's see Coco Beware Drank numerous beers in my car He may have been one of the first star stars that I met Okay And we gave him a ride back to the airport And he drank beer in my car um, when we say drank beer, are you talking about like multiple beers just from like the multiple cans of beer from the venue to the airport going yes. home? Yes. Yes. He had them all in his trench coat but took all of his empties with him. Wow. That's nice. So that was nice. Um, Do you ever travel in a car
1: with anyone of name like for a distance, not just like airport to venue?
0: Uh, not horror, not for horror, not for long car rides. Sure, right. Because usually I'm with the, the the lower rent car. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky one time working for Frank when Shane Douglas and Greg Valentine were there. Like he came up to me after my match, put my envelope in my hand. He's like, "Hey, here, Valentine and Douglas need a ride back to the day's end." I'm like, oh, I'm all over that. Yeah, oh. right. So I got right. to leave early and give these guys a ride. And that was noticeable. Valentine was kind of quiet, you know. Cause again, I've talked to him. Yeah, right, a exactly. Lot. Uh, so I was kind of talking with Douglas, and then I liked it because Douglas brought up a story that was also in Cactus Jack's first book about uh-huh. them wrestling overseas and their partner getting really sunburned. So oh, sure, yeah. So yep. he was telling the story. I'm like, yeah, okay, I know what the story is. Blah 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 blah. And then we started talking about modern wrestling and. He was saying how, you know, again, sm- smaller guys are making more money. But if you look at the crowds, it used to be. And he said, using my gazintas, that doesn't look very good. I'm like, wait a minute. Did you just w- use the word gazinta? You know, which was like a gimmicky thing. Yeah, that right. your Math teacher taught you or right. whatever this goes into that. And I love that. So that was a little. That is pretty good, actually. And but I want to add that as soon as we got to the hotel, popped the trunk, I was out pulling the stuff out of the trunk. Yeah, you know, right. Like without asking just like here here I, you know i'll i'll pay you know right right let me pay respect like they can so that that's was pretty cool. awesome yeah so that was cool uh let's see trying to think of what other names um met sabu a couple of times but he's kind of on his own sure planet <laughs> right um yeah same here i think both kyle and i have both met him before so let's see met adam pierce yeah uh No, I just, I mean, just like a... Steel. All the... I've met Cole Cabana.
2: Yeah,
1: same here. Talked to
0: him this last 4th of July. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, we've been there. We've been a couple. I just, like I say, I just thought having that opportunity to meet somebody that was so uh, important in my childhood, as me and Gene was, and then just kind of have him be there was uh, shocking, like, just kind of like, wow, this is
0: really a thing. This is really a, p-
1: a, p- a person and a human
0: being, so. Let's see, I'm looking at the old magazines I brought, yes. trying to just come up with another name to tell you I hung Did on Did you ever meet Mill Mascaris? No, no.
2: Chick
0: Snake? Yeah, shook his hand in the locker room when Dreamwave brought him in, but then I was out doing live commentary, so I couldn't hang around him too much. Kurt kept telling me,
1: Uh, that Jake wanted to pinch his dick during the match. (laughs) Like he would go in and... Uh, I
0: just saw the... He would
1: do like a little nip-nip with his fingers like when they were like... Yeah, I
0: just saw the gif recently again of the Bushwhackers, the Bushwhacker being slammed by one of the Rougeau brothers. You can see the Bushwhackers like giving him the little tickle when he goes up in the slam. Uh, Which is just a little rib. Guys used to play on each other. There was an old world-class opening segment where I think Al Madrill was pinning somebody, one, two, three, but the camera's in just right where you see when he pulls off, he just like tickles the guy in the taint a little bit as he gets (laughs) up. You know, so there's little jokes like that. But there was a Japanese guy, and I always heard that about the Rougeaus. I think I've shared this before, that when you pick them up for a slam, they would purposely grab your your genitals Oh yeah. uh, as a reminder to slam them soft. Ah. (laughs) Just a little, hey, I got you. Okay, we're good. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, so, and that's what fascinates me more. Like what I talked about with Robert Gibson was just these little tricks that if you haven't had them done to you, you don't know they exist. Like they're not part of any sort of wrestling sure, school sure. curriculum. And if they are, then good for you yeah but but that'd be so deep dive yeah
1: how do you how do you come up with you know that's oh he had a few beers hey let me show you this other thing
0: that the old timers used to do of course now that the number of people that have worked with the old timers is yeah rock and roll express are both mid 60s so yeah that's crazy and to be able to work it
1: so
2: have you met any of the like the big lucha legends or the japanese guys any of them come in
0: no no
1: no Japanese no uh, uh
0: Mil mascaras may have been at Cauliflower Alley. Sure. But, again, like, Mil mascaras was there and that Frey Tormenta. Yes. The wrestling priest, he was there. But both of them wouldn't, you couldn't take a picture with them unless you paid them. Oh, of course. So it's like, nah, eh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of not getting paid. There's got to be another story here. I'm d- I think it's good. There are a few that aren't... uh safe suitable
1: no and that's perfectly fine and those are what people yeah. will be clamoring for we'll save those for our uh buy us something yeah yes buy us something and then maybe we'll do one of those maybe we can do one of those uh we always tease it the live episode where we don't actually record it and just people that are there and then we talk out in person but let's not even get ahead of ourselves this is episode 35 of season three can sure. you believe that sure 35 We've got 15 more to go there you go this guy's calling he's calling it out derek this has been good um, anything to say before we leave for the night yeah you couldn't see me
0: calling my shot there that's and, uh, episode the, 50 the Babe Ruth of the podcast industry episode 50 the color of ring ropes
1: alright ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire I'm your co-host Jay Uh please listen, rate, review, tell your friends we are back season 3 coming at you strong and in full effect I think that's what they say in radio
0: speak so
1: Derek good talking to you we will see you soon what do you think? hear you soon
0: yeah i was trying to think of a good capper story but again nothing i can say it's all good guys we'll talk to you guys soon see you later